Eric Bieniemy is leaving the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Now, if y'all don't know, he has been the offensive coordinator for the last several years. But anytime head coaching jobs open, they close without Eric Bieniemy getting that position. So now what? Bieniemy leaves the Chiefs and becomes the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. He's also the assistant head coach. Now, here's a detail that you need to know. The enemy did not call plays in Kansas City, but for the Commanders, he will call plays. Everybody on television has been talking about it, but LaShawn McCoy actually played under and for Eric Bieniemy and won a Super Bowl there. I'm going to hold Shady's thoughts because I want to hold your oh, attention yeah. for a little bit longer. <laughs> nice tease. Dumb as heck. Dumb as heck for Eric Bieniemy to go to Washington. I think it was the most irresponsible move he could make for his career. Not monetarily. I'm sure he's making more money. But not all money is good money. I will say that again. Not all money is good money. Why would you go from Patrick Mahomes, who is a consensus top five quarterback in the history of the National Football League, to a quarterback in Sam Howell who has one start under his belt in his career? Mm -hmm. Sam Howell was great as a sophomore at North Carolina. I watched them intensely because my former head coach, Hall of Fame college football head coach, is the head coach at the University of North Carolina, Coach Sam Howell in college. Had a great sophomore year. But his junior year, completion percentage went down, touchdowns went down, interceptions went up. Now, he did lose his beast of running backs to the National Football League, but Sam Howell has one career start in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And you going from Patrick Mahomes, who got more Super Bowl MVPs than Sam Howell has NFL starts. Talk to him. Like, let's, let's put this in context, y'all. Yeah. Pat Mahomes has more MVPs in the Super Bowl <laughs> than Sam Howell has career starts. Yeah. And you going to tell me that's an upgrade? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Do not try to sell me some sort of fool's gold. I watch too much football to know that. Congrats on Eric Bannemi for getting more paper. But, Shady, what you know about paper, what I've learned about paper, not all money is good money. Now, you know Eric Bieniemy better than most. Yes, I do. You know him really well. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy is a former running back. LaShawn McCoy, one of the greatest running backs. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator. LaShawn McCoy was one of the players that won a Super Bowl under Eric Bieniemy. How big of a risk is Eric <clears throat> Bieniemy leaving the Chiefs and going to the Commanders? I think it's a great move, right? Yeah. Getting more money. Yep. Now you're on your own, but it's a huge risk. You don't have Andy Reid there, right? You talk about Patrick Mahomes, I'll get to that later. But Andy, let me tell you who Andy Reid really is. If we really went down his coaching tree, and I'm going to say this for the next block, mm. all them coaches have done well or had head coaching jobs or office coordinator jobs. So now you leave him, right? Now you're on your own. There's no, co there's no coach Reid there to help you out. See, because Reid caught all the plays. So how it worked in Kansas City was this. Andy Reid sends the play to Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy sends it to Patrick Mahomes. That's an easy job to do. Okay. In practice, he would all the plays are scripted, and he was called the plays that are scripted. It's easy to do. Mm -hmm. Now, when people want to see the results, well, well, being me, when you were there, right? The offense ranked first in offense, ranked second in pass, ranked tenth in, in, in rushing offense. Like, whoa, they want to see that. Mm -hmm. But when you got to go there and it's just you, and they want to see what you learn with Andy Reid, that's a big risk. I don't, I'm not sure if he has what it takes to get it done there. Break this down honest. for the viewer, because you said that to me. I know exactly what you mean, but I played football in college and pro. When you said Andy Reid calls the plays, then the enemy relays the play that Andy Reid calls to Patrick yeah. Mahomes, what is a normal play caller then? Is Eric enemy usually, should he be the one who's calling the plays in general as opposed to just a, a game of telephone? Or Break that down for I, the viewer. I played college football. I played NFL football at a high, high level in both I've never seen an a, a offensive coordinator, the head coach, 
sends the play to the offensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator sends it to the quarterback. I've never seen that before. Normally, in most offense of, of, of schemes, the offensive coordinator who calls the plays sends it, sends it to, to the, the, the quarterback to call the play for him. So, initially, Andy Reid is the offensive coordinator. The one thing about Andy Reid is he wants his guys to get jobs. He's, 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 a, he's a team guy. So, he spoke highly about Eric Bieniemy, And I do think Eric Bieniemy has, like, the discipline. He's, when I was there, that was his biggest thing. You know, he was, he was the disciplinarian, you know, do this right, do this right. But he didn't really deal with the offense. That's another thing. He, don't, he didn't really deal with the offense of pass game. He was more with the running backs. He was mm-hmm. more with the running game. So I'm thinking, well, who's going to call the passes? Because when I was there, he didn't, he didn't call the passes. When we would have, like, um, watch the practices or watch the games, and we had to break it down, it was Andy Reid breaking it down, which most teams is the offense coordinator. So it's a huge risk. Now yeah. you have to actually play or be the office coordinator, which you haven't done in years. We will get back to more of that because I'm very intrigued by those details. Let me come to you, Dave, very quickly. How big a risk is Eric Bieniemy leaving the Chiefs going to the Commanders? I don't think it's even slightly a risk. I don't think it's any kind of risk. And I think the best way to sort this out is to put yourself in Eric Bieniemy's shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do? Eric Bieniemy has been one of the most successful, noteworthy coordinators in the NFL for five years now. Like, really, only football junkies and people that are paid to know about the league know the the game on the coordinator level. Like, who's the D.C. in Philadelphia? Jonathan Gannon, that type of thing. Everybody knows who Eric Bieniemy is because he's been doing this at a high level since 2018. I know he doesn't call the plays, but he has a hand in an offense that's finished first, third, first, sixth, first, going back to 2018. Every year he's part of the hiring cycle, and every year he's the most noteworthy name that gets left out. His own head coach, Andy Reid, is sitting here saying, why doesn't this guy have a job yet? He's interviewed in countless places. And still, and, and I'm, I don't even care if you agree that he's good or not, but the, the thing, we, we just keep finding reasons why he doesn't get a job. And right now the reason is, well, he's never called plays. He's never been, you know, top dog of an offense. So what do you do? What, what would you do if you were trying to break through that ceiling? You got the Super Bowls. Your legacy is secure to some degree. Like, Eric Bieniemy can work in the NFL as long as he wants to. If this doesn't work out, he can rebound somewhere else. He's got connections in the league. But he wants a chance to be head coach. And if this is your only chance to do it after five years of getting denied for this reason, that reason, what would you do? But that's where I think he's wrong. And I think that you want to just keep doing this in KC? You want to just, here's, here's oh, two Super Bowls isn't enough? I guess Matt, I can win a third. Matt Nagy, Shady, was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. You take, you take it, my Go ahead. Doug Peter was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Matt Nagy became the head coach for the Chicago Bears. Doug Peterson became the head coach for who, Shady? The Philadelphia Eagles. And they didn't call plays. So it is not Eric Bieniemy's lack of play calling that's keeping him from becoming a head coach. How do I know that? Because Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson both got hired from under Andy Reid without calling plays. So to assume that I have to, as Eric Bieniemy, go become a play caller to become a head coach, that is finding a solution to a wrong problem. The problem is not that you don't call plays, Eric Bieniemy, because Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson didn't call plays. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. I'm not into the interview room, Slick Rick. I don't know what the problem is. I'm not going to cry that it's racial. I don't know what the problem is. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, running with the police in 1991, I think it was, whatever it was with Eric Bieniemy. Right. I don't know what the problem is, but I do not think the problem is that he doesn't call plays. I just think that's an excuse. Slick. I'm with you in that we don't know what the problem is. But I can also tell you that he wasn't going to find the solution. To Dave's point, he wasn't going That's to find the saying. solution in Kansas City. 
He needed to go someplace else. And if you're going to go someplace else, then I'm going to go where the bar is set relatively low. Who was the last team in the NFC East? What is the team that offensively hasn't been in the top half of the league for, what, five, six, seven years? Yep. Sam Howell, if things go south, are we going to say, well, Eric Bieniemy obviously isn't a coordinator. He can't – no, no. There are plenty of built-in reasons why if it doesn't work out, Bieniemy's not going to be the first guy that you're going to blame. But the flip side, if Bieniemy makes them into a top 15 offense – and I'm not talking – what he did with Kansas City. No, even if they're decent. Just, even if, if they're, they're decent, they're he's going to get a ton of credit. Good, good everybody's going to go, oh, see, they've been sleeping on Eric Bieniemy all this time. That's why, for me, it's not the money. It's not the title. It's the respect. And he really doesn't have to do that much in order to gain a, a hell of a lot more respect than he has right now. But here's my thought, because Shady's played under Eric Bieniemy, and Shady alluded to this earlier. Don't be confused. If Eric Bieniemy goes to Washington – and they struggle, mm-hmm. and Sam Howell has four touchdowns and eight interceptions to start the season, we will start to look at Eric Bieniemy and say, see, will he we? ain't never called plays will in the first place. We? we have to. Why? Because Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dawson, Scary Terry, uh, Brian Robinson at running back, and running there's another running back I'm missing. There's one more I'm missing. Uh, Antonio Gibson? Yes. Gibson. Antonio, Antonio Gibson. Gibson. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, we, 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 we will look and say, yo, they got a crazy skill position group. Eric Bianami, why are y'all struggling? Dave, chime in. It's, it's kind of what we were saying with the dunk contest, though. In my opinion, like, oh, Kansas City is safe, and that's cool. I mean, he could keep doing this for a long time. Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Andy's not going anywhere. But wh- where do you get with that? That's my thing. Again, if it was me after three, four, five years of this, I think – you probably just get sick of it. You, and and, and to, to Rick's point, you want to be able to earn some respect because you're not getting it. There's nothing. And you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. There's nothing the Chiefs could do. Like, what could happen other than Andy Reid making a very public display of giving him play calling duties <laughs> and having them then win a Super Bowl? What's he going to do there? And I can very easily imagine it gets frustrating and you say, okay, fine, I'm going to do this. And like I said, he's got two championships on his resume. He's got a long history of coaching like if this fails spectacularly, I'll, I'll step out on a very big limb and say Eric Bieniemy will be able to get work as a coach in the NFL somewhere else if this doesn't work. But imagine if it does. If it does, all of a sudden the narrative on this guy changes completely. So, yeah, it, it is risky to some degree, but I think it's a risk that's absolutely worth taking. Here is the sneaky information nobody's talking about. The coach that might be on the hottest seat next year, Ron Rivera. If Eric Bieniemy is the assistant to the head coach, Chestnut Ron checkers. Rivera gets fired in the middle of the season, but you want to know who's going to instantly become mm-hmm. a head coach before the 2023 Good season point. is over? That's there what nobody's talking about. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yo, we're having way too much fun on this show. Who else was having fun? Jalen Hurts this season. He was 16-3 and as a starter, went to the Super Bowl. But now, with one year left on his deal, he's getting support from his star wide receiver, A.J. Brown. He did not mince words on what happened and what should happen. Next, speak up, A.J. I love Philly. And I'm about, what I'm about to say, 
You do not pay this man. Just ship me off wherever he finna go. It's over with. Wherever he finna go. I'm telling you. Package deal me <laughs> with you. Listen, so you talk about pressure, how we get it done. I liked it until the end, 2-5. Because I'm like, you know, Howie don't, Howie don't do well with, 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 with commands or demands. Um, but 2-5, you played for the Eagles, all-time rushing leader. You are. How you feel about that, A.J. Brown? I like that, though. I, I like when I see, like, the wide receiver, especially the, the main wide receiver, speak on his quarterback. Like, like linemen speaking on their running backs. But when contract situations occur, some quarterbacks don't do that. Mm-hmm. I watched Drew Brees then speak up for Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. And, every, and, and, like, and the, um, what is it, the all-star players, we all were, t- were texting. I'm like, yo, you see that? Because it's, it's surprising. This is your main guy. Stick up for him. So I like to see that. Shady, go even further back, though. The primary beef, at least publicly, okay. between T.O., Ooh. And McNabb. You ain't even yeah, got to go far. Yeah, the ooh. primary beef, I've talked to both of them publicly and privately, along with the GM at the time who did the deal, was that McNabb spoke up, I believe, for Westbrook. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, Westbrook yeah, yeah, well. yeah. McNabb spoke up for running back Brian memory, Westbrook yeah. when he wanted a payday, but McNabb did not speak up for T.O. when T.O. wanted a payday. And if I'm not mistaken, that was a primary fracture. Dave, you're giving me a facial expression. No, I, I, A, good memory. Yeah, good B, memory, right? like, <laughs> if, if, speak up for T.O. or you're probably going to hear about it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was making the face. T.O. was going off. Oh, my like, God. Like, please. Yeah. I'm, talking, I'm talking about on the field. Oh No, no. If they're – but and I hear you, and we joke all the time about Howie and how he's not afraid to make deals, but if there's a guy who can say how he get it done, it's probably A.J. Brown. He traded a first-round pick for him, then made him one of the highest-paid receivers in football, and A.J. delivered on every bit of it. Every if he thinks that Jalen Hurts is worth a contract, good on him for saying it, and he's one of the few who can. Well, also, you know, this might not move the needle or the numbers, but it clearly is going to say something about how people will respond in the locker room. Yeah. What the energy in the building will be if yep. they play around here. And there's didn't mince words, so you know exactly how everyone's going to feel and particularly how A.J. Brown's going to feel if you don't get it done. So while he doesn't necessarily have the power to decide what an actual deal will be or when it gets done, knowing this is what the reaction will be, and this will also play into the fan base as well, that loyalty is going to play a factor in this contract situation, it's important. Well, you know, the team in the NFC it actually has a more urgent quarterback situation isn't the Eagles. It's actually the New York Giants. Why? Mm. Because Daniel Jones was a first-round pick, and they did not pick up his fifth-year option. What's that mean? Well, now, in theory, he's a free agent, along with that superstar you're seeing on the scene, say, Quan Barkley. The Giants are in a dilemma. For those of you at home that do not realize, you can only use the franchise tag on one player. What is the franchise tag? Franchise tag simply says, hey, you are under our contract and you will get the average of the top five highest paid at the at the position. Dave will break down a couple more details on all that. So now it comes down to Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. Who should the Giants prioritize? For me, it's simple. Saquon Barkley. Because Saquon Barkley is the player that is as close to a one-of-one player as, as you can be. Like, Saquon Barkley is a talent that you can't coach. You just have to be blessed to receive. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, he's a top 15, top 20 quarterback. Saquon Barkley is a top three running back. And we saw it this year when he was healthy and he went crazy. Rookie of the year, if you want to go back to 2018. Fast forward five years, he's healthy again, and he gave you over 1,500 all-purpose, if I am not mistaken. So while obviously quarterbacks are important, what I know about Brian Dayball is this. If you can get to the playoffs with Daniel Jones, and we did not think highly of Daniel Jones, nor did the Giants, 
because the Giants didn't pick up their fifth-year option, then I believe Daniel Jones is more replaceable 2-5 than Saquon Barkley. But you are the leading rusher running back on the first. desk. You got to go, big dog. I was hoping I would go like second or third. Who's more important to the Giants' success, Saquon or Daniel Jones? This is a hard one. It truly is. And I hate to even say this because I'm a running back. Uh-oh. I got to go with the quarterback. This is a quarterback-driven league. And then Saquon Barkley is a, is a phenomenal athlete, a superstar talent. You, we probably won't see another Saquon for another five, six, seven years. He has that type of talent. But, I mean, every year we expect Saquon to get busy because we know his talent level. Mm-hmm. We know his skill set. He's always injured. Like, with four years, he missed 22 games, mm-hmm. right? And, and I hate to even do this, but this is my job, and I got to do what I got to do. His, his best year was his rookie year. I'm not, yep. Okay. And then this one. They were 5-11. and 11. His, the best year he had. Yeah. You know what the best year that for, for Danny Dimes had? Playoff win. Ooh. You see what I'm saying? So Bad. if I had to just pick a player, yes, I want to go with Saquon because he's, he's such a talent. You know, now, now, now minus the injuries, he's a talent. But for a franchise to win and going forward, you got to have a quarterback. And, that's, and Daniel's been doing good, man. Yeah. I think the, the, the best thing about Brian Dayball is we've seen him really showing his true colors as a, as a coach. Right? Not just a head coach, but as an as a, as a offensive coordinator type of guy. You see him what he did with Josh Allen, and you see what he did with Danny Dimes. He can change that. So my thing is, if Danny wasn't doing good, I mean, for most of his career, and his last year he bought out because of the, the new coach and change, imagine what next year was going to look like. The year after that, he'll get better and better, and you can win with him. I think you, you pay the quarterback at a nice number. That's another thing I want to talk about. You're not paying Lamar Jackson here, right? Mm. You pay Danny Dimes. So, so g- give a nice payment for your quarterback, but save enough to get some pieces around him because the Giants, they need some players. So I, w- I would go with the quarterback. I'm so relieved. When I heard that that's where Shady was going to go. I, I hate was, to do that, though, Dave. No, I, but I'm relieved because I didn't want to get up here and slander your position. Oh. But it's easier to find it replacement is. production at running back. It just is. 15 running backs ran for 1,000 yards this year. Five of them were first-round picks. This speaks for itself, and, and that could be a, I mean, you, know, you can find a Derrick Henry and a Nick Chubb in the second round. Aaron Jones was a mid-round pick. The, Tony Pollard, the guy who made, you know, we all forgot about Zeke Elliott. Tony Pollard, fourth-round pick for the Cowboys. You can find this production all over the draft. And even though I don't think the world of Daniel Jones, seriously, how many quarterbacks are, getting, are you getting this type of production from, and how many of them weren't drafted in the first round? Right. It's just very, very hard to find top tier, or even, I don't even want to say top tier, it's hard to find above average quarterback play without investing in it. That's not to say Daniel Jones should set the market. I wouldn't. That's why I would tag him. I would tag him. You can use the non-exclusive tag, $32 million. If somebody wants to come get him, they give you two first-round picks, and I go, oh, no, why why would you take Daniel Jones from me? No, okay, two first-round picks, cool. That's what I would do. (laughs) But it's still quarterback. It is hard to find above average but Dave, quarterback. But this is what's this is what's interesting to me. Daniel Jones was 21st in passing touchdowns. You want to talk about how many rushers had 1000 yards, you said 15. How many quarterbacks had more passing touchdowns than Daniel Jones? 20, including Jimmy Garoppolo. And y'all know Jimmy Garoppolo ain't play every game this season. Mm. And he ain't even start the season nor did he end the season. My thought joy is if you were to draft right now and you could draft Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, Ooh. You're drafting Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Like, if you had a roster you, you and they were both coming out of the draft and one was 26 and one was 24, 25, whatever they are, because they're around the same age, 
You draft in Saquon. So this is a similar predicament. You got to make a choice as it pertains to the tag. You can sign them both long term. That's just why I'm thinking Saquon. But, Joy, what are you thinking? Well, you didn't, le- you didn't count Daniel Jones' rushing numbers as we well. We didn't. A lot of them. And that matters. You didn't count Saquon's them. receiving. That's the only reason I yeah. didn't do that. No, you know, you know, Jones you ran just, for more yards yeah, than did. Just start <laughs> adding caught, but. quarterbacks rushing yards. That also, those, those yards, those touchdowns also count. We have a tendency to do that. It, they, those numbers contribute to the wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones is a, is a dual-threat quarterback. He is. Yep. He's, he's a really good running quarterback. I disagree with you that you would probably take a quarterback at the position if you were drafting if you didn't have a quarterback over Saquon because it's the most important position. This is why uh, you're going to earn your front office money, (laughs) the guys in in New York. I wouldn't want to have to make this decision. I would tag Daniel Jones because this is the first year that we've really felt confident in what Daniel Jones can do. And even with the great year that they had, he was 9-6-1. and Yeah. I mean – 15 touchdowns. It's not amazing. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, he, Playoff win. He, he did. He did. On the road. He did. We've, we've seen other quarterbacks do that, though. I'm just saying he's not a quarterback that you can hamstring your organization over. Right. And while he very much wants his money and probably feels he deserves it, and, and good on you, go get it if that's how you feel. But you need to see more high-level production from Daniel Jones yeah. before you commit to him long-term. Whereas Saquon, we know what this offense looks like without him, what that locker room looks like without him. He's really the face of the organization. Correct. And he has been. So if I have to choose between a player that I'm going to commit to long-term right now, it's definitely going to be Saquon. Tag Daniel Jones, because I feel that even though Daniel Jones is a harder position to replace, Daniel Jones as a player isn't that's, as hard to replace. That's where I'm at. Like, 2-5... And at least in my limited four years in the NFL, I realized this. There are only so many freakazoids. Right. If you have a freakazoid, keep the freakazoid. Right. When, we was, when I was in Philly, it was you, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, Jason Peters, and a healthy, younger Michael Vick. Okay. Those were the dudes that I was like, yo, you don't see these dudes often. They right. just they different. We didn't have you anymore. We didn't have D-Jack anymore. We didn't have Macklin anymore. And Chip Kelly was quickly fired. Saquon Barkley's one of those freakazoids. Right, I you agree. can roll out a Saquon Barkley on the field and be like, yo, I'll go to war with you any day. Right. Who is Daniel Jones? Like, what you talking about? Like, who is he? If Daniel Jones gets off the bus, we're laughing. Saquon gets off the yeah. bus. Uh-oh. I, I, Uh-oh. I, I agree with that. Now, you got to make a point. But, but the last two years, he's only combined. He's at 900 yards. Combined. He's not playing. On average, yeah. Think about that, though. So, like, I, Saquon is that type of freakazoid. Like, different type of talent. But also, he got to play. The biggest, the biggest talent is if you're available, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and he hasn't been. So, yeah, I get that. This year he bought out. But if you look at his history and his patterns, the one year he bought out and he missed, what, two, three as, as a player. So it's like you, you, if you want to put all this money and invest in Saquon Barkley, the running back, because mm-hmm. I love the running backs. Pay the running backs. But you got to play. I have a question for you. You got to play. Real quick. Last year, Daniel Jones was really good. Okay. La- for Daniel Jones. Dan- Last year, Saquon Barkley was really good. Beast. Period. Yep. Let's not act like... DJ wasn't bad the first four years either. Because while Saquon had been hurt, at least he good. Daniel Jones was just healthy and not good. So, like, if we're going to look at Saquon and say, man, but you've been hurt, don't you also have to look at Daniel Jones and say, hey, but you've been bad? Well, I mean, you, he asked you the question, but oh, I, okay, we've seen to- Shady brought it up. Saquon was great as a rookie, and the Giants were bad. 5-11. Daniel Jones plays well, and the Giants go to the playoffs. I, don't, I would love to know. What does competent quarterback play do for you as a running back? Like, how much easier is your job? A lot of them are, Saquon has, because uh, Danny Giants is throwing the ball out. 
getting the ball out there on time. Uh, the box gets full, you throwing the ball, okay, let me loosen the box up. Now you can run a little bit. And your coordinator, Dave Ball is a hell of a coach, man. So my thing is, like, if I can do this with you in, in my first year, right now we got a whole year of tape. So I'm going to sit Danny Dines right here. Come here, sit down. And I'm going to show you how to get better and better and better. Tape is everything. Offseason to de de develop. Where he didn't have that before. He might be better than what we think. Now, yes, Saquon is probably a better talent, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Saquon's a beast. But you got to play. You, you talked about me and Deshaun. I'm out there every Sunday. Yeah, that's real. Come that's on. Real, yeah. So you need your guys to be playing. Shady didn't do that her stuff. Yeah, I don't, training room? I want in there. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Shady quote. Now, LeBron James and the Lakers could miss the playoffs for the third time since he's been in L.A. But keep in mind, he brought a title to the Lakers. That was during that bubble year. He also recently set the all-time scoring record wearing purple and gold. Shaquille O'Neal said he would not oppose LeBron getting a statue as a Laker. One of my favorite conversations of the day. Here's why, 2-5. There has been a lot of highs and lows, positive and negative feedback around LeBron's tenure in L.A. I think that LeBron's tenure in L.A. has been a success for the Lakers, but not a success for LeBron James. Mm. LeBron James is one of the best players of all time. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kareem, however you look at it. When LeBron was in his prime, chip after chip after chip, appearance at least. But then he went to L.A., and let's not forget what happened that first year as a Laker. That broke LeBron James' streak of going to eight consecutive NBA finals. Eight straight Shows up in L.A., that streak gets broken. Now, thankfully, he won in the bubble year. But I can't deny the fact that while LeBron James was running straight to NBA Finals appearances, L.A. is what ended LeBron James' streak. What does everybody say when they argue for Michael Jordan? Nobody won a ring on Jordan when he was in his prime. That's what everybody says. I can hear shady sound effects right now off camera. <laughs> Nobody won a ring on Michael Jordan when he was in his prime. Free, 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 free. <laughs> when Braun was in his prime, he went to L.A. and <laughs> screeching halt. Injured, doesn't finish the season. So I think LeBron's tenure in L.A., success for the Lakers, because we must remember the Lakers were the dregs of the NBA society. They win a championship. But I don't know that it was a success for LeBron, Slit. Yeah, I see it. Um, I understand how you got there, but I see it the exact opposite way. I, I see it as it's been a success for LeBron James, but it hasn't been a success for the Lakers. <laughs> and one of the things that you've pointed up many times is, where did they win the championship? Bubble. In the bubble, in Orlando. What did the Lakers get out of that? They didn't get the revenue. They didn't mm. get the parade. Yeah, they right, didn't right. get the euphoria of a playoff run in their building. They've had two playoff games, home playoff games, in all the years that LeBron James has been a Laker. So, And who are we blaming for all that? This is where it really gets to the heart of it. We're not blaming LeBron James. We're blaming the Lakers. Jeannie Buss and Rob Polinka are looked at as if they have wasted LeBron James's years. I don't know that he was still in his prime when he got there. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, many people feel statistically he was good enough to win championships Absolutely. and he only won one. So I, I, this has served LeBron James in many ways. He got another ring. He can say, I got, three, I got rings with three different teams. I broke the all-time scoring record. Uh, I, now I'm in the Pantheon with Kobe and Wilt and Kareem and Shaq. But what has he given the Lakers? Two home playoff games mm. and a bubble ring. I think they expected more once they got LeBron James. Joy, where you at? Where you at? Where you at on this one? Ice look good over there, Joy. It does. Oh, I do. That bracelet is, that bracelet oh, that bracelet is icy. That bracelet is icy. Thank you. 
Rick, the Lakers were so bad before LeBron got there. Yes. They were so bad. Yes. So, I don't know. I can't go there with you. They got a championship. They, they did? They were very bad. We they, were what, not even talking about the Lakers before LeBron got there. What? <laughs> Uh-oh. Flick taking notes. Asterisk? Flick d- For what? Asterisk. For what? Championship. No, don't start. No. Absolutely not. We had to win. No, no, no. Because no. the Heat was playing in that finals, and trust me, if they would have won that championship, I would fight you over that. No. That, that was a championship, and I'm not, I'm not getting to the asterisk of it. But they were, they were bad before LeBron got there, and they won a championship. Yep. They're relevant, again, if nothing else. And believe me, the Lakers appreciate that. I think they've been – this has been a success. If you win any championship in a tenure – it's been a successful trip. I mean, there are organizations that don't have a championship. I, and the Lakers have, I don't want to short them, 17, 18 Yeah, they now. have 17. Yes. It's, big, it's, it's a big ring because it ties them with Boston. That's where I was going with time. it. He took, he, took, he took the words out of my mouth. No, I took, you, to, so, I took so, you there. So real quick, let me cut in there. So first of all, Laker fans, know, they know this best. Out of the most two winning teams in basketball yeah. is the Celtics mm-hmm. and the Lakers. So you said they didn't give them nothing. I disagree. First of all, they gave them a banner. Put that banner up there because we're going against the Celtics. Before LeBron James got there, they were a bad, bad team. Bad, bad. Kobe Bryant was winding down, right? Oh, and man. they weren't the same. Mm-hmm. For sure. Every year, they was getting a first-round draft pick. Let's just think about this for a second, though, Talk real to me. quick. Talk to me, 2-5. 2014, Julius Randle, seventh mm-hmm. pick overall, right? Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, number two pick overall. Mm-hmm. 2016, Brandon Ingram. Number two pick overall. Mm-hmm. Alonzo Ball, mm-hmm. uh, second pick overall. So, for you to say, Alon- yeah, Alonzo Ball, sorry. Yep. For you to say all that, yeah. it's like, man, I'm yeah. thinking, like, man, is he right? Is he right? No, you can't be right because before LeBron James, there was no sight of no championship, no sight, no sight of no banners. Nothing. I don't care if it's, if it's in a bubble right. or on a real court. You didn't see no signs of them winning. You're right. And then I don't know where LeBron James came, and then he brought Anthony Davis, yeah, right? Okay. They didn't got a championship. So, yes, I got to disagree. I think LeBron James and the Lakers, they got something, and he deserves everything he's getting. They did get something. And I am thinking in – I'm putting my Lakers fan hat on. Because you know Lakers fans. Like, they think they're supposed to win a championship every year. True. And if they don't, that is true. there is something wrong. And when you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis – let me flip it around a little bit. Okay, okay. You got LeBron James and you got Anthony Davis. Beast. Do you think you're only going to have – one championship. That's a good point, and, right? You're and, right. And, and then one other playoff appearance. That's a good point. You think at the very least you are going to the playoffs every year. year yep. At the very least. At least two titles. And that hasn't happened. So it's a matter of the expectation that LeBron James created when he became a Laker that he was going to bring them to glory. And he, and he did. I don't, and look, I'm joking with the asterisk. You win a championship, you win a championship. Yeah. I don't care where it is or how mm-hmm. it is. But that said, that's the thing. That, that are, have the Lakers been brought back to glory in it's totality? Different. It's different. It's different. Let me chime in, Slick, because what's, Slick is making a good point. LeBron James has done the least for the Lakers than any other Lakers great. As Slick was talking, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about, like, well, they're greats. Magic? They play longer. Of course. They play way longer. Magic, Shaq, Kobe, like, all of those Lakers greats, regardless of how long they played, they did a lot. And now LeBron James, clearly he hasn't played as long, but five years is a a long time now. So it's not a a short period of time. Slick, you probably know off the top of your head, what was Shaq there? Maybe nine years, Slick, off the top of your head? You might know better than I do. Shaq was probably around seven, eight, nine. But like five years to five, that's not a short period of time. So I do think like, 
Compared to a franchise like the Dallas Mavericks, I'm born and raised in Dallas, one chip, Dirk Nowitzki, all hail. Dirk got a whole street named after him because right. he brought us a chip. That's that first one. He brought us one. But if you're in L.A. and you've won 17, 16 prior to LeBron, that's just a drop in the you're bucket. Far that's just different. a little drop in the bucket. So I do Good understand point. that. Okay, I, I, I hear you with that. I, I do. But it's all on LeBron? It's all on LeBron then? Because that's where I start getting into the nuance of the conversation. That's where I think you have to include ownership. You have to include GM. You have to include mm. who he's playing with. You have to include what that owner and GM do with the roster that he's not directly involved in. Those things matter. If you're just talking about do you win a championship or do you not win a championship, success or not, these, these polar yes or no questions, then yes, it should be a success. Winning a championship should be considered a success. If you're talking about, well, it's the Lakers, all right, what Lakers? Who's running the Lakers? Who's making these decisions for the Lakers? Who's, LeBron James. Who's imbo- it's not all LeBron James. LeBron it's, just, James. It's, not. it's just not all LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron James. has a lot of influence, <laughs> okay. yes, Paul. but LeBron Paul. and Rich, Rich Paul, Paul are not Rich making Paul. all these decisions. If they were, they, this trade would have but happened he, but, earlier. But the other thing is, and this is a beautiful nuance you brought up yesterday, I just think the world disregards it. When we have conversations like we did in our dressing room earlier today about Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, we're not talking about, well, who's the owner? Who's, who's the coach? Of the Vikings. Who's the owner for the Giants? Who was... No, we're just talking about the faces. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're talking about LeBron. When we talked about Kevin Durant just 15 minutes ago, we weren't like, who was the owner of the Thunder? Mm. But but, but, but them teams you talked about, like with the Lakers, Mm -hmm. they handled business the right way. Mm -hmm. They made the right trades to get the certain players. They made the right (sighs) plays in free agency to get them players. They made the right draft picks to get the Magic. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, they... Butts family for you know for a while was doing the right things, so she do got a point. I feel you too, though. When I argue, I like to say a, a, a simple That's argument: just, yeah. who's better, who's not. Yeah. But when you think about it, but I think them but Lakers. It, but if we were just arguing simply as winning a championship or not winning a championship success or not, then we could do that. But yeah. when you start throwing another layer in, yeah. well, it's the Lakers. All right, well, let's consider all of the nuance then, because you're opening a new door to me. Uh, and and I'm happy to walk through that door. Because, <laughs> because, Go through it slick. Because LeBron wanted Anthony Davis. And they got and a they, championship. And they got Anthony Davis. Oh, they did. But if, would you look at Anthony Davis's career as a Laker in totality and say it's been a success? Nah. Not LeBron, yeah, LeBron's no. fault. Okay. He's always hurt. Right. Russell Westbrook. LeBron James wanted Russell Westbrook. Did. did that work out? And they gave what they gave away in order to satisfy right. what LeBron wanted. So I can't separate what has happened with the Lakers around LeBron and not say that he it's, hasn't yeah. had a significant part in that. Mm-hmm. I just I can't. It's not it's not like KD. It's not like any other player. LeBron James has influence on every single team. Mm-hmm. And I give him credit for the fact that he went back to Cleveland. And he said, uh, hey, look, you got to get Andrew Wiggins out of here. You got to get Kevin Love in. People question that. Hey, he brought it home. He got a championship. Brought it home. All right. So I'm going to give him credit that he got a championship with Anthony Davis. But did he bring the Lakers back to where we expect the Lakers to be? It's not his job to maintain the Lakers. If you win a championship, all he did in Cleveland was win a championship. Was the championship in Cleveland better than the championship he won with the Lakers? If you say so, it's just because you don't think much of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They both won a, they won a championship in both places. But don't, Anthony, I, what I think we're, t- we're, we're tickling, trickling very close to is discounting championships overall. Can't do that. They're no, no, very no, no, hard no, to win. No, 
I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm, but, okay, but so Anthony is, Davis, Anthony Davis has been disappointing, but he's absolutely been successful. He's an NBA champion. <sighs> Again, it's I a matter of expectation. Yeah, it's, and standard. Yeah. I think it's a matter yeah. of standard because when, when Brady and Shady, you know this firsthand. We'll, we'll do this. Go to break. When Brady went to Tampa, he brought the Bucks a chip. Yeah. But the Bucks had been atrocious right, right. for God knows how long. Brady's chip in Tampa may not have met, met the same if Brady goes to an organization that is used to winning mm-hmm. several chips. Say he goes to the Steelers. That chip don't hit the same because the Steelers, y'all used to getting chips. Yep. Yeah. In Tampa, oh, my God, thank okay. you, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. So I think it's like yeah, but we standards say, matter. We wouldn't say you got to win five more because the organization has six. It would still be considered a success. I just think we got to be a little realistic about what we're like. We're throwing a lot of big words out here. They won a championship. That's absolutely success. What is success if not winning a championship? But I think there's two important words in the question. Final thoughts. Has LeBron's Lakers, has LeBron's Lakers tenure been a success? Now you could say, was LeBron's ex team a success? And the answer would be different. For me, it's LeBron's Lakers tenure has that been a success and based on what we expect the lakers to be and what we expect lebron to do it's really hard look has it met his own standard it has not one championship he him a in chip. five that's years he, that's what he promised him i'm bringing you a championship he, he, did, did. he did bring him a chip but he did but he the king shady he the king respect him. respect the king <laughs> the breaking news that came out today lamar jackson and his request Now, we've been ambiguous about what exactly Lamar Jackson wanted, but word on the street officially, Lamar Jackson wanted more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. Now, for those wondering, Deshaun Watson got $236 million guaranteed. The report says that all of Lamar's counteroffers to the Ravens last year were for fully guaranteed contracts. Let's get on camera. We got to discuss this one. This was wild when I heard this news. My first thought was, hey, come on, Lamar. Come on, Lamar. Was he tripping? You're out of pocket. Like, (laughs) you got to know, Lamar, the Ravens aren't going to give you that. Now, I think Lamar can get a fully guaranteed deal. I think Lamar Jackson will get a fully guaranteed deal. But for everybody at home, y'all have to consider this. What did Deshaun Watson have to do from a football perspective to get that fully guaranteed deal? He had to get the Panthers interested, the Saints interested, the Falcons interested, Mm. the Texans were interested, the Colts were interested, oh, and the Cleveland Browns were interested. There was a market that was incredibly desperate for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson did not stay in Houston to get a fully guaranteed deal. He got $156 million from the Texans, but to get it fully guaranteed, he had to go, leave the franchise that drafted him, leave the city that he had only ever known from a professional perspective, leave the family and friends that were in Houston. He had to go to the most impoverished franchise to be the wealthiest athlete as it pertains to guarantees ever. So if Lamar wants to get a fully guaranteed deal, he can do it. But Lamar is going to have to go to an impoverished franchise to become the wealthiest NFL player ever, as it pertains to guarantees. Getting that deal in Baltimore, Shady, I think is unrealistic. But you tell me, man, you've been the highest paid player at your position in the NFL. Not a lot of people can say that. Is Lamar Jackson being unrealistic with the Ravens? I'm going to say no, right? And you made a great point. The number he wants, that's the right number. He, that's, the, that's the market. The market is the market. But it might not be the right team. That's good. And, and when, you, when you said that, I, I, I thought about it. I said, you know what? I chose right. Um, I think that Lamar Jackson, not even him, when I was even playing, right, we always talk about the contracts. Man, the league, we watch basketball. They get these fully loaded, guaranteed contracts. Yep. Why can't we be that? 
Why can't we be the NBA? And we always talked about it takes one quarterback, not a running back, not a wide receiver, not a D-back, not a lineman, a quarterback, a position that you need in football, a position that they look at a quarterback as the franchise difference maker. Yep. So now we have a guy like Deshaun Watson who gets a fully guaranteed contract. I'm like, oh, there it goes. Mm-hmm. It seems crazy until it happens. Yep. It seems crazy when wide receivers are making $30 million a year, $28 million a year, until it happens. So now you get Deshaun Watson does it, right? I think a team out there that, that, that he gets the bidding war with uh, Lamar Jackson, he gets another guaranteed contract. Mm-hmm. Now what do you know? That's, that's, the, that's, that's the new market. Then you got guys like Joe Burrow coming up, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert. Yep. Then you Jaylen got my Hurts. guy, yep. Jalen Hurts. Yes, sir. Then it becomes guaranteed contracts. Now the big-time wide receiver running back, he might not get, you know, $200 million guaranteed, but he might get his contract guaranteed. Yeah. And that's going to be the, the, the new thing in the NFL. So I think Lamar Jackson's right on it. He, he should get a fully guaranteed contract. Very well said. Joy, where do you stand? Is Lamar being unrealistic with the Ravens? No, because this is the market right now. Now, it might not stay the market, and it's kind of already trended away from that being the market because since Deshaun Watson signed, Russell Wilson has signed a deal, and Kyler Murray has signed a deal, and neither one of them were fully guaranteed. What will be the question is what will happen with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts Mm. when they get paid. If they sign deals that are considerably less than $230 million guaranteed or not fully guaranteed, then the market is actually set. But as of right now, that hasn't happened. Russell Wilson was obviously moving to another team, wasn't playing at the same level to demand that. Kyler Murray certainly isn't the same type of player as Lamar Jackson. But Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts are. Mm -hmm. And if they get deals less than Deshaun Watson, then the Deshaun Watson deal is no longer the market. So that's really the timing thing that's at play here, along with what you mentioned which is the bidding war. If you can get other teams interested in you, knowing that this is what you want, you want a fully guaranteed deal. Because nobody is going to trade for someone that they know they can't sign. They're going to have to give up players to get Lamar Jackson. And they're not going to do that knowing that they're going to be stuck with a contract negotiation that they aren't able to fill. So there are a lot of nuances to the situation. But currently, as of right now, this is the market. I just keep thinking of the word unrealistic. And how can you call... Something that exists unrealistic. There's a guy in Cleveland with a fully guaranteed deal. We all watched that happen. We've talked about it. I think that is such a good point, Joy, that these deals coming for guys like Burrow, Hertz, Herbert, they have the potential to change things. Because Lamar Jackson can look right now and be like, well, I'm better than Kyler Murray. And Russell Wilson's in his mid-30s. Like, I absolutely can ask for this. Once those deals come in, if they don't measure up, I think the conversation changes. That's what makes this interesting to me. I don't think it's unrealistic. I don't think there are many organizations that Lamar Jackson could play for that would be worse suited for him to try to get that deal from. Maybe. The Ravens. The one team I could think of that might balk at this harder than Baltimore is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I can't see it happening for either of these teams. I just... The, and, and it's so obvious to me, like the Ravens model themselves after Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a good model to be, in my opinion. I mean, they've been around since 1996. They've already got three guys in the Hall of Fame. They've probably got a fourth eventually when Terrell Suggs is eligible. You sizzle. They are a draft and develop team. They do things the old school way. You don't see them do a ton of splashy stuff. If anything, we've seen them be willing to trade players away. Hollywood Brown very recently. So I just, I don't see the Ravens being willing to do this, and that's, What's interesting, can Lamar Jackson drum up leverage by getting other teams interested? I think he can. Again. But you got to be willing to leave. 
That's the trick. Like, teams can't express interest if they aren't actually considering the fact that you might leave. If Lamar Jackson is hell-bent. now. His tweets and all that. He ready. If he's hell-bent on getting a fully guaranteed deal and nothing else is going to make him happy, then he, he better be ready to leave because that's the, the only unrealistic thing I see is it happening with the Baltimore Ravens. Correct. Nothing about their DNA, to me, screams losing this negotiation. I just want to ask you a quick question real quick. So, you talked about the other quarterbacks. So let's say Joe Burrow, right, when he's up. If he asks, I want a fully guaranteed contract, what's your take on that? I think I think give it to him. I think that, I think he, 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 he should get it? Yeah. I would I, 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 I have a hard time saying no. As an owner, as a fan, or a media member. Because as an owner, I'm just, not giving a, guarantee, a fully guaranteed contract of that magnitude to any player. But it's, but it's already out there. And mm-hmm. he's, he's – if anybody's but worth the deal. Still, we still operate under the salary cap. So it's very complicated, and I'm not the best expert. Dave can probably lend to some of this as well. Sorry to put you on the spot with this. I'll but try. <laughs> I mean, the people get paid a lot of money to manage the salary right, cap. And, you know, that's their job, and they still mess it up. But there is a salary cap. So right. you know there's a difference between hard money course, and money that you can move around. Right. I mean, it's guaranteed money. It's on the books. Like, you can't move that around. You mm-hmm. can't negotiate that one's contract. So it's not, to me, as simple and straightforward as, this will be the standard for everyone moving forward, and every team is going to be willing to do this. And for that matter, every team can do it when it's their chance to pay the quarterback because this is an unprecedented situation. Are, do you even have the money on the books to pay the quarterback a fully guaranteed deal like that? So from that, I know it's a little bit of a nerd answer, but I, that has to matter. Like Cleveland had the money to give Deshaun Watson. I, I think it's, it depends who you ask because you and I have had conversations with those in private, and they'd be like, yeah, they got the money. Go find it. They got the money. They, they got, got the, the money. money. Go find it. Go Tell create me. the money. Well, it's so, not necessarily I, just not to cut you off. It's not necessarily just about money. The other thing, and again, I, I hate to defend billionaires. I would love for everybody to get fully guaranteed contracts. Right. But what do we always say? Football, unlike basketball, 100%. surely 100% chance of injury. And I think that is what terrifies owners about fully guaranteed contracts is you can shred your knee six games into a contract like this, and they're – Stuck footing the bill for five years that they're not getting back? But I do think, Shady, to to the question you're asking, it comes down to, like, players have to be willing to hold the feet to the fire. And Lamar Jackson, for all intents and purposes, he wasn't this year. Because what did Lamar say? He said, I'm going to be the good cop, and I'm going to go good soldier, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to just play. Like, Lamar Jackson could have sat out this year, at least threatened to sit out this year, and then the Ravens would have been in a predicament. Because the Browns, they traded for Deshaun. You didn't know if they were going to go good or bad. You didn't know at the time. The Steelers, they just drafted a first-round pick. He might have came out the gate swinging. Plus, Mike Tomlin's never been below 500, so you know he's going to be good. The Bengals just were in the Super Bowl. So if Lamar would have kicked back and said, you know what, I'm going to chill, what is Harbaugh going to do? What is the ownership group going to do? But here is what I do know, and here's what I have to state. If you want to be the highest paid at your position ever, you usually got to go somewhere to get it. Jalen Ramsey had to go to the Rams to get it. Earl Thomas had to go to the Ravens to get it. Tyreek Hill had to go to the Dolphins to get it. Devontae Adams had to go to the Raiders to get it. A.J. Brown had to go to the Eagles to get it. Roquan Smith had to go to the Ravens to get it. DeAndre Hopkins had to go to the Cardinals to get it. Khalil Mack had to go to the Bears to get it. Joe Tooney, he had to go to get it. DeForest Buckner had to go to get it. If you want to be the highest paid at your position, you're going to have to go. It ain't going to happen in Baltimore. There weren't a lot of quarterbacks on that list. No, but the highest paid ever in Deshaun had to go. To get Correct, it. but what we're not talking about as when it comes to these organizations, as simple as we are going to get a quarterback or bus. Everyone doesn't operate that way. The Ravens are not operating that way. So again, 
Timing matters. As you mentioned, it probably would have made more sense for Lamar to sit out last year. He didn't. Timing matters. Who needs a quarterback matters. Who owns these teams that matters. need quarterbacks matter. It's in order for something to become the norm, it has to happen. It has to be successful, which we haven't seen yet in Cleveland. And it has to be something that can be duplicated in every single place. It's not as straightforward as I can just write this check or I even want to write this check. Because what if I write this check, I find the money, like you said, they always can. But then you have nothing to work with. So you have this insanely expensive quarterback and it's still all on Lamar Jackson to do or any of these other quarterbacks. That's 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 and you're, you're right. But like that's the market. So I hear what you're saying, but who to say that Joe Burrows is going to be okay with not getting a, 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 a cheaper deal than, than Deshaun Watson? Who to say that Justin Herbert, who the Chargers, that's all they have mm-hmm. to brag about. I'm not okay with having a deal less than Deshaun Watson. That's going to be the problem. It's just that Lamar Jackson is the first one to talk about it. Well, I think, Shady, I think the nuance for hopefully Burrow, Hurts, even Lamar will be this. Get your contract fully guaranteed. Just make it shorter. Get more do, money do, per yeah. year yeah, than – because we keep talking about it like Deshaun's the first one to do it. He's not. Kirk Cousins did it in 2018. Yes, he did. But the, like, two, the 200 – Correct. Ooh, but correct. But remember, when Kirk did it in 2018, that was a good number. Oh, yeah, 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 it was Kirk did yeah, three yeah. years for 84, yep, 84 back in yep, 2018. Yep, yep, that's right. Fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So my thought process is, yo, Burrow, do four years, 205. He'll make more per year than Deshaun. He'll come up the same year as Deshaun. Like, you don't have to yeah, let you, yeah, you, you cut it, 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 it up. That's sort, yeah, of, that's that's sort of the NBA yeah. superstar model. Correct. It yeah. is. But these are two different sports. Again, I make all the money you want. Ask for all the money you want. I certainly do. I don't want to take less money. I, I'm, I, that's, I'm not <coughs> encouraging any of that. All I'm, all I'm saying is what the nuance of the way that the sport is structured is. That's why it's hard for me to imagine it. I hope it happens. I wish that all NFL players got fully guaranteed contracts. They play a collision sport. They really should. They're in the most violent sport. They should have guaranteed deals. But that's not the way that it's structured. It's not the way the CBA is structured. So how this all works will depend on a lot of factors. And I do think that there probably are some teams out there. That are willing. There's got to be do one. It. There has to be at least one. All it there takes were ones bidding one. on Deshaun, so. Right. All it takes is one, Lamar. There was a bombshell this morning, y'all. An absolute NFL bombshell. If you have not heard, I'm going to fill you in. What happened? Earlier this morning, a report came out that Russell Wilson allegedly pushed for the fiery of head coach, former head coach, Pete Carroll. Remember, Russ and Pete Carroll had one of the winningest tenures in NFL history between a coach and a quarterback to start that quarterback's career. But it erupted. Now the bombshell has proceeded to unveil that allegedly Russ wanted him out. Well, Russell Wilson, a man of few words, but they are impactful. He spoke up earlier today on Twitter saying this. I love Pete. He was a father figure to me. And John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll have respect for them and love for Seattle. We got to head to the desk and undress all of this because it is very complicated. How y'all doing, man? How y'all doing? You know, recovered? I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired. Look, we went to dinner last night. We all went to dinner last night. Every now and then we hang out literally once a quarter. I have to beg them. I'm like, hey, guys, are y'all free? Like, I would love to hang out. I mean, we were were kind of trying to avoid this dinner, us. Yeah. 
Don't, don't talk like it was just I mean, I, something you wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We had to run the check. Let me, let, right. the, let me let y'all in on what happened. That's right. There was a wager early on in the season, and the wager was simple. We are going to pick the winners of every single <sighs> NFL game. That was what we were going to do collectively. Everybody was going to pick individually. And at the end of the season, <laughs> LaShawn McCoy and David Hellman. Oh, LaShawn McCoy first. Ooh. And then I let, I let him David, win the last I, game. LaShawn McCoy let, and I, David Hellman. I got to address this. Okay, let, first, let me win. So you thought the Chiefs were going to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl? Like the, listen, Dave, listen. So you thought the, you thought listen, the listen, Chiefs were going to win? I gave you opportunity. Just mm. be grateful. Just say be grateful. thank you. Be grateful. He did not sprint through the finish line. Long story short, Shady and Dave, they tied for the lead, which means the losers, Joy and myself, had to treat them to dinner. So we are up here with full bellies and full smiles, <laughs> but now we got to talk about something that upset me. Russell Wilson. Why is everybody talking, attacking? Why is everyone attacking the person, Russell Wilson? It makes no sense. He might be, if not the most stand-up guy in the National Football League, but now today... Allegedly, he wanted his former head coach, Pete Carroll, fired. Don't know how aggressive that is. If you want to come at the player, Russell Wilson, after one bad season, sure. It doesn't undermine his career, but he had a bad season. I get that. But in the last two weeks, we've accused Russell Wilson, uh, his foundation of being less charitable than we're led to believe. And now we want to go out on a stretch and say that Russell Wilson wanted his head coach fired. The same head coach that drafted him? Y'all got to make that make sense. This attack on Russell Wilson's character, it's beyond me. Shady, I can't fathom it. I can't comprehend it. I cannot make sense of it. I can't digest it, and I won't. So I'm just up here saying I don't believe it. I'm not buying it. It makes no sense to me, and I think that it is absolutely false that Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll fired. But 2-5, you played in the league for 12 years. You won two Super Bowls. You had a lot of head coaches, a lot of GMs, a lot of success. Are you buying that Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll fired? I, I second what you just said. I, I think it's bull crap. I truly do. I think with Russell Wilson, it's just, I think he makes people feel uncomfortable, right? Like you see his ex-teammates talking about him, you know, people on, on Twitter, Instagram. Like it's always they want to take a shot at Russ. And with Russ, what does he do back? He don't take shots don't back. Take shots. He just keeps it moving. So, I think people just, the, the, his personality may come off awkward. Yep. But, yeah, I, I don't see that, that, that he wanted to get Pete Carroll fired. Everything I've seen and, and heard, he talks highly about him. And I think if you look at, like, all the quarterbacks that were successful with championships, they have a nice, you know, core relationship with, with, their, with their head coach. I think Pete Carroll and I think Russ had a great relationship. So I don't believe, I don't believe everything I see and read. You know, I don't, I don't do none of that. I feel you on that, 2-5. Joy, where do you stand? You had a lot of brilliant thoughts on this. Unveil them to the audience. You buying Pete Carroll wanted, Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll fired. I don't know that I buy that he wanted him fired, but they don't have a great relationship. Clearly not. They didn't have a great relationship at the end. Or he'd still be there. Factually, he's with another team, right? right? That's objective. We can all agree that he doesn't play for the Seahawks. Correct. One fact. Two, he put a list of teams, his agent, mm. who I'm pretty sure consulted with him before doing it, put a list of teams out that he'd be willing to go to. Facts or fiction? True. So those things would lend me to believe that they had some sort of friction or he would still be there. We barely talked to each other after that game in week one last I mean, he we, lost. Can, we can read into all of that. He lost, whatever. But the, not debatable. He plays for a different team and was traded there and put out places he wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So whether he wanted them fired or not, we, we can speculate about. We can believe the sources or we cannot. But, but it's not to be debated that he actually plays for another team and he wanted a trade and he put out spaces he wanted to go. So right. the relationship couldn't have been 
that good. Now, families fight all the time. Said he was a father figure. Families fight all the time. That, that, that's fine. But the fighting happens. It did happen because he's not there anymore. So my question that constantly comes up with Russ is, what's the agenda? Like, we don't want to keep dogging on Russ and picking on Russ. And it, it does feel personal, but I'm not saying these personal things. Dave's not saying these personal things. You're not. People who spent time around him are saying these things. Are they being paid to say these things? Is there an incentive for them to say these things? Or are they saying these things because they feel that, A, this affected his play, or, B, they really feel this about him personally? Who am I to tell them that they shouldn't feel that way if that was their experience with him? I don't think that Russ is a bad guy. I don't know him. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. And quite frankly, I really don't care. I'm talking about him as a player. But we all know that your personality as a leader affects the team when you're a quarterback. The way that you handle people in the building when you have that much power affects how things go with the culture. And whether we like it or not, I don't like it. I don't like talking about this. It feels very like we're picking on him, right? But the stories keep happening. So I just, I don't, I want to know why. I, I will say this, Dave, as Joy was talking, I, I heard a lot. I liked a lot. Some things I, I had to challenge myself on because just because you work with a new person, and just because you wanted out from an old position, to me, does not imply that you had a bad That's relationship true. with your former yeah. co-worker. I know that firsthand. Yeah. You know that firsthand. You know that. We all know. Yeah. Me and you work together at an old job. Yeah. We work together at a new job, and I ain't got beef, and I know you ain't got beef because we still cool with your former boss. Yeah. So I didn't want to make that bound, but Dave, break it down for me. I want to hear your thoughts before I chime in any further. Are you buying that Russ wanted Pete Carroll fired? It, it, it feels a step too far to me to get on national TV and call Russell Wilson a liar. I mean, he did. He answered this article promptly. Right. Like, with, like the minute the athletic hit publish, mm-hmm. he was on that thing. Like he had his radar up for it. So if he's that adamant that he didn't want anybody fired, I'm not going to call him a liar. But to Joy's point, there's so much smoke here that suggests that this was contentious. And you bring up our former relationships in our last uh, jobs, mm-hmm. our last workplaces. Like, this stuff didn't happen. Like, I, I, there's no bad blood there because I, I know that and there's nothing linking me to that. Whereas literally all of my notes are just incidents that suggest bad blood between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, whether it was... The fact that Pete Carroll and him barely talked for, uh, before that week one game and certainly not after it. How about how Pete Carroll was overwhelmingly happy and, and, and vindicated in winning that game and the day after was asked about it and was asked, hey, how come you and every great member of the Seahawks is so happy about rubbing this in Russ's face? And Pete Carroll said, you figure that out. Like, very contentious stuff. Joy already said it. Russell Wilson himself put out a list of teams that he would like to be traded to a year before he got traded, by the way. Like, he floated this out a year ahead of time, which certainly suggests that maybe he's not totally happy with what's going on. How about, this is my favorite one, because it's very passive-aggressive. You remember Let's, uh, Let Russ Cook? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the whole idea of, like, we're not letting Russell Wilson do enough in the offense. He needs to be winging it around. He filed for a trademark of that phrase two and a half years ago. Doesn't that suggest that he thinks that that's a good thing? Like, yes, I want to be in charge of this trademark. I want people talking about this. Let Russ cook. That 
It's a very passive-aggressive way, in my opinion, of saying maybe the coach and the GM aren't running things the way that I would prefer. Again, we don't know all of the intricacies of it, but we've got a long list of history that suggests that this was very contentious. But fired Shady is aggressive. Yeah. Like, I know you've had, and we've all had our issues with our coaches. Absolutely. Uh, direct coaches, running back coaches, linebacker coaches, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, head coach, GM. We've all had our issues. But fired right. is aggressive. Break down your thoughts. I heard everything you said, and I, I disagree. Like, relationship with me and my coach. I might love my coach, but if we're going against each other, we're competitors. Pete Carroll was a big competitor. He loves to compete like, like no other. So, I don't, I'm not going to be talking to you before the game. I have teammates I love, and we battling like Deshaun Jackson. We're not talking before the game or after the game. I hit you in the offseason. We can hang out. We friends, but we, we battling against each other. And then also, like, even with coaches, sometimes coaches, are, they have their own mindset, right? They've been doing things a long time. I've been successful before Russell Wilson, right? And Russ coming there, he's learning. He's young. He's learning. He learns. Boom. Now I arrive, coach. I might want to throw the ball 30, 45 times a game. That's not in your, your game plan. You want to play good defense, run the ball, and be safe with the passes. I don't want to do that. So we still could be great friends and have a great relationship, but I think if I evolve outside of your, your game plan, what you're used to doing, there's nothing wrong with that. And I can see Russ doing it. Like, you know what, Coach? I want to do things my way, right? I love you, but it's time for me to, to take this offense for myself. But this is where I get I'm stuck after okay. this article because there was a lot in there. And I'm not calling Russ a liar either, but there's a lot in there. And we know in any situation, there's one side, there's the other side, and there's the truth. So in order for us to actually look at this in its entirety and totality and not forget everything that happened in Seattle prior to all of that, prior to go back to the Super Bowl where where teammates were openly angry that it was in his hands instead of Marshawn Lynch and they lost the game. So many people have talked about Russ. I don't like it. But I can't I, – I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But in order to go that far, we're ignoring this whole history and all these quotes, not all anonymous. So in order to meet – don't you have to go at least to the middle of this? Like, don't we have to at least entertain the idea at this point that maybe Russ isn't getting along with people at a level that is causing disruption? There's so much well, other smoke. teammates gave him a lot of love, too. They I, did. They did. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, there's love – but then there's a lot of this as well. So at what point do we say maybe there's a middle? I don't disagree with that at all. On the way up here, I was confused. So I, I called uh, one of Russ's former teammates literally walking up the stairs to the show. And I was like, hey, help break this down for me. Like, why is there any sort of, like, tension between Russ and, and people that have played with him? And he broke it down very simply. He said at the end of the day, Russ does do stuff at times that can make it about him. Y'all remember when Russell Wilson got hurt, uh, broke his thumb, not last season, the year yeah. before. It's Dino Smith time. Okay. But y'all remember Russell Wilson before the game uh, See, going through I, right, right, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. What's wrong with that, though? In theory, nothing. Like, in theory, nothing. But mm-hmm. if you know that to Shady, nothing's wrong with it. But to some people that might play with Russ, I could understand where it's like, hey, you can do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. How you know he didn't do that Monday through Sunday? He did. But it's like to do that on Sunday, I could understand, Shady. I'm not saying I had an issue with it, but I am saying I could understand how people would have an issue with it. I can understand how, like, uh, uh, Russell might not get along with everybody based upon what Russell Wilson appears to overtly value in his team. The problem is – 
in the truth is, yep. the Legion of Boom, they were so good that they wouldn't, they were getting a lot of credit, but they felt like they didn't get enough credit. They felt like Russ was getting some of that credit and he shouldn't have got it. I agree. And, with I, that. Truly, I believe I agree, it. Yep. I think that the Legion of Doom was a beast. Crazy. They were the ones that were winning that game. They, they, they had great defense. You couldn't score on them. They locked stuff down and then they ran the ball very, very well. Mm-hmm. But then Russell Wilson was yep. getting a lot of that credit and they felt a certain way about that. That's the real truth about it. But I, yep. I just think that, like, people always want to, like, pick at something. Like, why would they have a problem with that? Quarterbacks do it all the time. They're trying to get the flow of the game. You know, that he's not playing. He wants to stay in the flow. I understand but, but that. My issue is that it's not just Seattle anymore. Like, that article was a, mostly about mostly Denver. About dysfunction in Denver. But his teammates Which, in Denver have all got his back. Yeah. Oh, not all. Let's not, let's not speak in absolute. Was Denver guys in There well, was a lot of people talking in the article about what happened in Denver as pub, well. The ones that have been public. I, again, I, I will go as far as to say people who do stuff anonymously, anonymously to me, it's very cowardly. We, particularly I, I in the locker I'm going to put my I name on it. KJ Hamler. I'm going to put my name uh, on it. Uh, uh, Melvin I, Gordon. I, uh, Jerry, Judy, okay, they but, all but had Russell's back. But then, back. so you're willing Corlea to Sullivan ignore had, the also. people that have publicly also. criticized him and only embrace the people that have publicly spoken highly of him. Again, I don't, I don't dislike Russ. Right, I right. want Russ to be successful, and I don't really understand the problem, but I don't know him. All I'm saying is there's a lot of people criticizing him publicly. There's a lot of people praising him publicly. There's a lot of people anonymously criticizing him, and he is having to clean it up. But, like, we can't just keep ignoring the criticism because it makes us uncomfortable. No, nah, I, I Everybody ain't going to like you. I'm used yeah. to it. <laughs> you know I. I hate that. I mean, I, you know, that, that might be no, I, I my name simplest resolution I can think of. turning into them losing, right. that's what we're discussing. Correct. And that's really what it comes down to. 